It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. All right, we're live. Let's talk about sleep, baby. Let's talk about sleep. We got another episode from our boy Caleb, man. He just keeps keeps them coming. So, Caleb, this one's for you. He was asking us if we've done an episode about sleep in the past, and turns out we haven't done one solely devoted to that, right? We done right. some other. I think we, we talked, talked about, about it. it here I can't and there. remember, and I can't. I wish I could figure remember what the episode was so we could tag in the show notes. But uh, we're getting rapid fire a few things yeah. today to make up for that. Yeah, and, and, and we tried to research it, but it was so like mixed into other episodes. Oh my gosh. You, can't, you can't really do a Google search. Yeah, I guess it's a good problem. We have podcast. enough episodes. We're I, like, I, yeah. I can't remember. Yes, it's like one forty-five, something like that. Something's crazy, crazy, man. Season chapter two is well underway. Just Monday again. We're back on like the yeah. weekly schedule. Who is? This who are we? I love this routine, which actually is a big. Dynamite segue. Exactly. But, <laughs> but as always, before we get in, we've got a few things we got to plug, right? So yeah. first thing is the next Body Temporary course. Boom, yeah. we got two on the schedule. May 1st here in Columbia at, at Vertex Casey, and then May 15th at Onnit Academy in Austin, Texas. So, uh, you know, two dates in May, and then there'll be more coming later in the year for sure. But those two are on the calendar and can be registered for. But even more importantly, maybe, in between those, sandwich in the middle, May 8th, we got a new offering here. May from 8th. None other than, than the Dr. Brandon That's Vaughn, right. BV the PT. First course, first course ever. Uh, this is the practical physio series, the cervical and thoracic spinal manipulation. So this is this is get in, get out, two-hour course, right? We're going to teach you how to crack necks, crack backs. We can do this. I'm confident. Yeah, I love we teach, it. Dude, we teach the interns how to do it at lunchtime, how to crack our necks. And <laughs> yeah, we, honestly, dude, honestly, they're better than like 75% of the PTs I've worked with yeah. after we teach them over an hour. Yeah. So you got this, right? So you're going to learn the skills without all the fluff. And it's only 125 for PTs, 99 for students with discount code students. So check out the show notes uh, for both these courses and, and let's let's get it. Let's yeah, learn. This will be learn cool, on. man, because it's, you know, I think a big part about it is knowing when, and, and, you know, when to use manipulation and, wh- and the why. But there's so much literature out there already. And I feel like right now we, we understand a lot of that, right? But right. the actual technique part, there's there's just not a lot of great education in schools on it i feel like and so a lot of people are just afraid to use it they know it might work but they don't uh don't know how and so this is a way you don't have to waste your whole weekend you can come in get in get out and be ready to help patients on monday morning hands on hands on skills y'all gonna learn yeah baby that's may 8th may 8th 8th. sign up today vertex casey vertex casey man we're gonna be right may is a big month may is a big month month. yeah 
anyway. All right, so let's talk about sleep. What, what do you want to begin with, right? Well, so, it's important. Yes, you know, we know it's important. Uh, I don't I don't think you and I get, yeah. ever get enough. Nope, never. Um, I got kids to blame for mine. I don't know about uh, you. I don't yeah, know about I, I don't have the kid's excuse. I think it's just uh, uh, maybe poor time management and, uh, you know, it's probably what it is and not prioritizing enough, for sure. You got to get that schedule lined up, Daddy. Dude, I know it's bad. It's huh? bad, man. Huh? I know. I, I'm just too busy. Got to cut some things huh? back, for sure. So... I guess part of the, the, the we'll start real broad and then we'll kind of yeah. zoom in a little bit. So, how much sleep should we get? How much should an adult get? Yeah. So, so you hear recommendations of that seven to nine, and that seems to be pretty you know standard across the board. I think more is almost always going to be better, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think there's there's been some interesting studies where they basically placed people in uh, dark rooms for long periods of time and let them just sleep kind of as their body felt like needed, and the the amount of sleep that they would kind of uh, naturally divert to is a ton, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think some of them have been up to like 14 hours initially before that would like settle back down to to a, a more comfortable range. And I can't remember the exact numbers. I, w- I should have done a little more research before we started this. But um, it, it just shows to show you that we are probably the only species in the world, uh, you know, that uh, you know intentionally um, withhold sleep um, mm-hmm. to do other things, right? Other species don't do that. And so, you know, I think if we, we didn't have other things going on, we'd be sleeping a lot more, but that seven to nine is a good start. Yeah, for sure. And you also see a lot of times in the literature, if you look this stuff up, it seems to be that that six hours or less cutoff is when bad things happen, right? So if you're talking about sports and athletics, that's where you're going to see an, a slower reaction time. So an increase in reaction time, you're going to see things like a uh, worse memory recall, short term mm-hmm. and long term. And yeah. if it is prolonged, that's going to increase someone's risk of you know, bad things, right? Obesity, diabetes, cancers, hypertension, cortisol levels, mm. increased estrogen. And some for some of our listeners out on the West Coast, y'all might like that, but you know that's not a good thing for males in general. Yeah. No, man, I think that's that's true. I think there's probably like a minimum cutoff there, and, and it's probably mm-hmm. different for everybody. And you got to figure out mm-hmm. how you, uh, you know. What makes you tick and, and work the best? And I think using, um, you know, you could use a wearable to help with that. You can use some other things. We'll talk about those a little bit too. Um, but, you know, figuring out what, yeah, yeah. So, so there's so many different things that can track this, right? How accurate they are, I don't know, but um, they're, they're probably better than nothing. What you got uh, on? What you wearing on? Uh, I, still, I still rock my whoop, man. Maybe mainly just because it, get, it yells at me when I don't do enough um, uh, of these things to take care of myself. And I kind of need that constant reminder. Uh, so it's been good though. Last 30 days, uh, it's like six hours and 58 minutes on average. So, you know, I'm, I'm slowly creeping up. The goal is to hit, you know, in the next 30 days to be that thing's a seven, be over seven. So, uh, which for me is a big change. So, uh, that it, it's nice to have that accountability. Um, how accurate it is, yeah, I don't know. I was going to ask if you found yeah. like, did, did, like um, so on nights when it says your, your HRV is bad, your sleep's bad, do you actually feel like crap or? Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of a mix. I think in general, yes. I would say like 80 or 90% of the time, it's pretty much in line with how I feel, right? Now, I think more often or not, it tells me I'm actually doing better than I actually feel. And mm-hmm. I think I think I walk around with kind of like this, this sometimes in just like a general, like, ah, I don't really feel that great today. And, and then, you know, it actually will tell me I'm actually in the green. So sometimes that can help me a little bit to get a little bit more motivation. Like, okay, I'm feeling all right today. Um, rarely does it say... You know, it's a red or something like that because it gives you like red, green, and yellow, and I actually feel great. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, if I don't feel great, it probably coincides, but sometimes I don't feel quite as good as it tells me. Um, but when I do feel good, usually it's in the green. 
Yeah. So I can't, I can't complain, man. It's nice. It, it's again, just one layer of accountability that, that I feel like I need to keep trying to make some lifestyle changes myself. For sure. And, and just in case y'all are wondering, I'm currently wearing a $20 Walmart Ironman watch yeah. and that's partly because I'm a cheap bastard, but the other reason, <laughs> because I don't want the accountability. Yeah. No. And I think, um, I don't think I'll have the loop forever. Um, yep. uh, I, I was late to get on the, on the train because I was kind of like, I don't need this. Um, but it, I got to a point where I was like, I actually probably need to start tracking some of these things yep. more. So man, I'm not, I'm a whole new man in 2021 right now. I'm tracking my food. I'm tracking. I'm back on that game. I'm tracking my sleep. Mm -hmm. I'm training all the time. Watch out, man. Don't call the comeback. That's right. Hey, you you squatted 405 the other day for something a while, right? I I went after 400. Um, I hadn't put 400 on my back since we moved in this building in 2019, to tell you Mm -hmm. the truth. I had just, my training goals hadn't made me put, you know, I was mainly just trying to, you know, be able to enjoy the glass of bourbon when I feel like it kind of training plan, you know, yeah. uh, but I'm trying to, trying to adjust that a little bit. So mm-hmm. putting up some, some good numbers again. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and then, and the last thing I'll say about these wearables is, is the whoop. They, they win the marketing competition. Hands on. You see it everywhere, right? Yeah. They're now the new sponsor of CrossFit. You know, we're talking about it right now. I'll pull up my phone. I'm going to see like all the ads pop up whenever yeah, I yeah. finish this podcast. But I, the last TSAC lecture I, I read, they, they talked a lot about the fatigue science ready band. Apparently it's mm-hmm. got over 10 years of DOD technology and they say yeah. that might be the most accurate one out there. I think it's a little bit harder to get a hold of because they do not spend their marketing dollars on or their dollars on marketing. You can take the government for that. Like yeah, that. I think the, uh, the I've heard good things about that too. I think the last thing I read, some I worked, I saw some article that was talking about the whoop only being maybe potentially seventy percent mm-hmm. accurate, which is is uh, not great. But again, for me, it's more of just like if I know that I'm going to get a number in the morning on how much I slept, it's kind of making me want to try to go to bed a little earlier, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Okay, so for those that don't get enough sleep, talking yeah. about sleep debt. Right, yeah. sleep debt. So, so can you make up for it? Yeah, that's can that the, debt yeah. be repaid? Right? Uh, yeah, that's a great question, man. Uh, for can me, the, can I don't the know government can the government sign a executive order and repay your sleep debt? <laughs> yeah, if only they can, they forgive it. <laughs> yeah, that would be unbelievable. Um, yeah, man. You know, for you know, there's that whole analogy. It's like a bank account in some way. You keep mm-hmm. debiting. You eventually you got to credit it back. You know, um, and so I don't I don't know if that's the uh, the way it actually works. Um, it, it, you know exactly how it works. I do know if you have been in a, a state of sleep deprivation for a long time, if you've, if you've struggled with it, it, it's not all of a sudden going to get a lot better just because you had a couple nights sleep uh, that were really great or, or you've changed things in a week. Um, it can take a little while to change some of these these numbers and these biomarkers. And so... Um, yeah, and I think I think practicality is everybody thinks that they can they can just grind all week long and just make up for the weekends. Like sleeping on yeah, Saturday, yeah, yeah. Sunday, and I'm good, but it's not It's really not like that, man. And, and so I, I, I'm... I think over time, like it, it definitely snowballs a little bit for sure, and I think you start seeing your our bodies are resilient and we can compensate and 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 handle things for for a long enough time. But then eventually you start seeing those changes in those different biomarkers, and that's when we, it really is going to take some time to get out of you know that you know whether you want to believe it or not, like like adrenal fatigue and different things mm-hmm. like that. Like trying to to recover from that is not a a month process. It is a, it's a long-term process to get back out of that and to get and to get feeling good again. Yeah. And so really that, that comes down to habits, right? So it 100%. Take, take, just take, like nutrition last week, man. Yeah, it's just, just habits, it. man. It yeah. can take weeks, months to develop those habits. So mm-hmm. you got to commit to it. And that probably is a good segue into the next section of this, talking about sleep. So so what is what are some of the like the key points, like some of like oh, the, the obvious easy things people can do to optimize their sleep? Yeah. Get more sleep, get deeper sleep, fall asleep quicker, all the above. Yeah. I think the, the very first thing is consistency in sleep and wake times. 
um, and, and planning those out, right? When you're going to try to get to sleep and when you're going to wake up and making that consistent with a couple things. If possible, consistent with the, the natural cycle of the sun, right? Or the, your natural circadian rhythm. Like we are meant to sleep with the moon and be awake with the sun, right? That's just how, you know, biology and, and, and you know, evolution has kind of left us in this position, right? So, so we are meant to do that. So, we're, you know, if we can go to bed a little bit earlier and wake up a little bit earlier to match that, great. If not, either way, setting consistent sleep and wake times is super important. So making sure that at least for you, going across the week, going to bed at the same time every night and waking up at the same time every morning, and this is the big thing, making sure your weekends aren't too different from the week. And that is where you mentioned, like people will grind all week and then try to make it up on the weekends. That's not actually the best practice you know if possible uh, you know I try to encourage all my patients and clients that when I talk about sleep is, is to try to have your weekend sleep and wake times within like an hour or so of your uh, your week ones because you imagine like if you sleep until 10 or 11 on Sunday right you're sleeping in and then you're you know having to, to get up at 5 30 on Monday morning like that's a four and a half or five and a half hour difference and so you sleep in and you're actually feeling good you have a good productive Sunday it's gonna be really hard to get back to sleep early enough to have a good night's sleep Sunday night <laughs> Before Monday morning, you got to wake up super early. So you're already going to start your week off in a really rough spot. So mm-hmm. I try to talk to people about having consistent times and seeing if their weekends can be a little bit closer to their week. That would be mm-hmm. my probably biggest bang for your buck is just consistency with those times. Yeah, for sure. And I think you'll see <laughs> sleep is just like everything else in the healthcare world. It's a little bit polarizing. Everybody has different opinions. But the one mm-hmm. thing they all seem to agree on is having that routine, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I think I do, I do think matching it with the, you know, we have natural rises and falls and things like cortisol and testosterone and things throughout the day. And a lot of that is, uh, you know, matches up with the, the, you know, with time in terms of the, like your circadian rhythm. If we can match sleep and wake times with that as best we can, uh, I think you'll, you'll find even more success that way. So I'm not saying everybody has to wake up at the crack of dawn every time and that's what it's got to be. But I also don't think that, I don't think if you think the same, I, I would be, I find it hard to believe, and I have no evidence to say this, but the same eight hours from two to ten as from nine to five, and you know nine p.m. to five in the morning. I don't know if those are if those are equal in my opinion. I, you know, maybe they are, maybe they aren't, but I think the the nine p.m. to five a.m. is probably going to have maybe the added benefit of, of being in line with some of these things than the person who's going to bed at two in the morning and getting up at ten a.m. Yeah. I, I don't. I think they are different. Yeah, yeah. And, and you see that because it's it's well documented in the yeah. literature that third shift workers they have a much higher prevalence right, of, right, of, right. of cancers, obesity, diabetes, <clears throat> things like that. And and I know there's a lot of nuance to that because it could be the thing where they're trying to have a more normal schedule on the weekends or the days are off work. Right, and it's right. Probably hard to get in their routine. Yeah. But Itself. Yeah. So, uh, but it, but yeah, I do think they are different. I think yeah, that we are designed sure. to, to sleep at night. And, and, I, that's, and I struggle. I am a night hour man. Like my my clients always ask, like, what time did you put my workouts in? Because like I do some of my best work from midnight to two mm-hmm. in the morning, mm-hmm. and then I will go to sleep at two in the morning and wake up at eight, you know, yep. and, and start my weekend at you know like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And so that's a it's a struggle for me too for those night owls. I'm with you on that. Yep. Um, it, but I do think if you can, I mean, the ideal is to to probably go to bed more like nine, get up more like five, for you sure. know, if you could. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So other hacks, room temperature, right? So room, room temperature, temperature yeah. they say the, the optimal temperature is, is 68 degrees. Some people like it a little bit cooler, a little bit warmer, yeah. but, but essentially you want a, a, a cool room, warm bed. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I think, and and the the in conjunction with that, not wearing super restrictive like bundled up clothing, yeah. um, and, and too many blankets and things like that too, because you're supposed to have natural rises and falls, uh, uh, you know, rising and falling, I guess what it would yeah. be, of your body temperature during sleep, right? Yeah. During different stages of sleep, and if you are in a room that's too warm or you're bundled up too much, you're not going to be able to have that happen, right? So, and yeah. and. and- I, I don't know about you, but I, I can't cuddle my wife on a. It's not, this isn't a Hallmark movie, right? Yeah. I can't. I can't have her touching me throughing no, that. She knows. Yeah. She knows. She's gonna be mad. I'm rolling the other direction. Yeah, yeah we've got to have some sleep. Space. I'm going the other way. Oh, yeah. Start sweating. <laughs> like even like my foot touching my foot. Start sweating, <laughs> dude. It. It's the worst. Well, our dogs seem to think that they're still part of you know because well, Char- I had Charlie before I met my wife, and so Charlie was slept in the bed with me for for years before mm-hmm. my wife and I were, you know lived yep. together, and so uh, you know he he still feels like it's his spot. Right. <laughs> so, he, right. so it, it ends up getting a little too warm sometimes and so uh if you can have the temperature a little cooler i'd I'd say that 65 to 68 is would be ideal and then keeping it to where you're not wearing a ton like hoodies to bed and not having these massive comforters over you um so that way you can have some rise and fall in temperature Mm -hmm. it might be a little weird at first if you're not used to that but you know maybe work your way to that but it will help you get more restful sleep for sure Blue light. Blue light's a big one, right? Well, that yeah, that's get... the craze, man. That's yep. the thing. And I think it's, and there's some, some interesting literature there, man. You know, I think it does keep us, uh, you know, a little stimulated. I know for some of us, I'm, by the time I go to sleep, I usually go to sleep because I'm exhausted more than it's like, oh, I need to go to sleep now. And so, you know, I could be staring at my computer and I close the computer and I'll be asleep in five seconds. But I think it's probably not leading to the most restful sleep. So if you are somebody who feels like you're not getting the most out of your sleep or you do struggle going to sleep, um, the ideal scenario is to cut out that blue light and that use of those electronics before bed, a minimum half an hour, if not at least an hour beforehand, um, to, to kind of let yourself start to calm down, not yourself start to come, you know, get ready for bed. Yeah, I'll see your hour and raise you three. Ooh-hoo. So the reason why is because it's actually been suggested that when a person gets exposed to blue light, it inhibits the production of melatonin, the sleep hormone, for yeah, yeah. three hours after that exposure. Ooh, so that ain't you good. Know, maybe you can wear the blue blockers, maybe you can use the night shift mode, maybe get the, uh, what's that, flux thing or something like that yeah, on the TCs. Yeah. But it's probably still not going to block all of it. And then, like you said, there's that other factor. If, you, if you're reading something or doing some kind of social media stuff right before bed, it's probably going to get your mind racing and yeah, probably keep sure. you falling asleep really, really fast. So Yeah. 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 So, if again, I'm usually checking my email oh, right before bed. Oh, I'm on bed. my phone. I'm on my Guilty. computer phone up until bed. But in, in a perfect yeah. situation, I would probably, you know, cut that off several hours before I go to bed. For sure. Possibly. I mean, and that's the time, like, you know, the, at nighttime is when – you know, Kelsey and I are going to watch television, watch a show or something like that. And she, she is on like, will watch a show on her computer in bed until it's like, I'm tired. I'm going to go sleep, mm-hmm. close the computer. And then she's out in two seconds. Yeah. So it's not, our lifestyle doesn't match up with that right now. Yeah. And that's, but that is the ideal. And I think it also, it almost acts as like a cue for your body in that, like, you know, we're talking about these routines and, and you all, this kind of segue, I guess, into a, a, another form of this, another part of this routine is having an actual evening routine so that way your brain and your body can begin to prepare for sleep prior than to just once you lay down in bed. So mm-hmm. if you have consistently, you, you're, you're going to bed at, say, 9.30 p.m. and you're getting up at 5.30, you've got that down, is now backtracking off of that, you know that you are cutting off all your electronics around 8.30. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a hard stop, but you're you're cutting it off, and then at that point you're you have, you're going to read a little bit or you're going to you know brush your teeth, get ready for bed, whatever it is that you do. You know All of those things happening consistently like that, it, it almost is like a cue for your body to be begin to shut down a little bit and if you're somebody that has trouble falling asleep or or staying asleep or getting restful sleep 
having that routine of not just, oh, I go to bed at 9.30, and so you get into bed at 9.28 after just being on your computer and hoping you fall asleep at 9.30. You have that lead up, that lead in, that routine. I feel like that can be a huge game changer for mm-hmm. people too. Yeah, one, one thing that always reminds me of that is, is a few years ago at Summer Strong, Jeff Nichols, mm-hmm. he, he had his talk. And if you're not familiar with Jeff Nichols, he's a, he's a Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. And so he... He, it's. I, I love his lectures. He kind of gets personal, talks about his own experiences. But he, him, much like a lot of other veterans, deals and has dealt with PTSD. And so for him to be able to get enough sleep, he has that routine down to a T. I mean, we're talking about yeah. timing, lighting, smells. You know, he uses lavender. Yeah. You know, he's, he's. You know, I don't think he's like a big essential oils guy, but it's just more so about how he's trying to incorporate as many senses as possible yeah, to, sure. to get that routine. And that's one of the things that's. I don't know, essentially saved him in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah, well, it's like yeah. the same thing in the morning. People talk about, oh, oh I start to smell the coffee grounds, yeah. and it's like it wakes you up. Like, you know, it, these different senses play a role in your body understanding what time mm-hmm. what time it is or what it's right. going to get prepared for. Mm-hmm. And so you can you can basically train that same thing going to sleep. And that can be the same for, like, your routine of getting into a warm bath or, mm-hmm. or thing, whatever it is for, for the person um, or even eating. Um, like so, there's been shown that like a small bolus of, of carbohydrates can help with serotonin production, right. and there's a, and so some people are, are you know maybe benefit from don't, not eating so close to sleep. You got to figure out what works for you, but like you have like a you know an in, in evening you know warm glass of something, water, milk, uh, tea, or you have you know small small snack or something that's your evening snack, and like all these things play a role into that routine. Yeah, and just just elaborate on that, the, the carbohydrate snack is actually recommended over the protein snack if mm-hmm. the goal is to get better sleep. Now, I know a lot of us will have a protein share before bed just so we can meet our macros, but mm-hmm. if sleep is an issue, it might be something you want to experiment with and just see what you get. Yeah, yeah. And I think people are too afraid of like, oh man, my metabolism shuts down in the middle of the night. I can't eat before bed. Yeah, I'm going to get fat. And it's like, it, that's not how it works. Right. You know, like your meta- your resting metabolism when you sleep for, for on average for i think for adults is around like 0.9 mets and mm-hmm. your average when you are awake but sedentary not doing anything is like 1.1 1. 1. so mm-hmm. like you're you're not losing that much in terms of like your your resting metabolism from when you're asleep to when you're just sitting around mm-hmm. and so people who are like worried like oh i can't eat too close before bed it's just going to get converted to fat i don't know how many times i've heard that i don't know if yeah. you've heard that from yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah i hear that all the time from people and i'm just like that's not how it works yeah um <laughs> it, it's more about you know total intake for the day right, right. but then mm-hmm. also too if you can coordinate when that intake is relative around your sleep to help with that that can be that can be super helpful for sure absolutely mm-hmm. so what about caffeine or well, stimulants, right? Yeah, stimulants, yeah. Caffeine, nicotine. We did episode yeah, about nicotine, nicotine a while back. Yeah, Those yeah. are my favorite episodes, by the way. But yeah. so caffeine, right? It's got a pretty long half-life. It does. I think on average, it's like five hours, five, six hours for yeah. the average human. That means, you know, some people it's 10, mm-hmm. 12 probably. Some right. people, you know, if you're thinking that we're averaging it. Um, so yeah, man, if you're, if you're struggling with, with sleep, that's one, probably one of the first things you also need to evaluate is, is when your, mm-hmm. when your last bit of caffeine is. And you and I are, are caffeine, uh, well, I don't want to say addicts, but we are, uh, I'm not a know, quitter, dude. We're not, we're, we're, not caffeine, a quitter. we're caffeine users, um, and, and aficionados, let's that's say right. aficionados. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a lot of caffeine that is consumed between the two of us, but timing of it is super important. Um, mm-hmm. I, I tend to do okay as long as like it's, you know, again, I'm usually not going to bed till midnight or one anyway, but, um, it, as long as I'm, uh, done by the end of the workday, it's like 6 PM for me. But again, that's, 
over five hours before I go to bed typically because I don't see patients until nine in the morning. So my schedule is a little bit shifted. Um, but I would say for most people, you to be safe, like you need to give yourself well more than that five hours. Um, so you hear noon as a cutoff, yeah. two as a cutoff. I think it should be based on when you are planning on going to sleep. Right. Yeah, I think I think just noon is probably a good catch-all for most people. Right, but most people probably are going to bed at 5 or 6 p.m. I'm drinking my yeah. last cup about 4 or 5 p.m. Yeah, it is, day. dude. It's like that last, those last, my last patient's at 5 yep. p.m., that patient <clears throat> needs me to have my <laughs> needs me yep. to have my afternoon coffee. Yep. But hey, while, while we're on this topic of, of stimulus, we're talking about caffeine, the Nappuccino. I don't know if we talked about that before, this. Nappuccino, bro. This is, this is a life hack this right here. Life, so, yeah. so here's how you do it. All right, so we're going to take a nap. We actually can talk about naps in a minute, right? Yeah. You want to get you a cup of coffee, cup of coffee, and you want to chug that shit like it's like last call at Pavlov's and five points. All right. Yeah, as Monday soon as night, you get it down, yeah. Pass. As soon as you get it down, you're gonna take a nap, and it's gonna be a quick nap, right? Yeah, We're talking, 15, it's gonna, 20 yeah, that's it, right? But when you wake up. You feel so good. Oh, you, yeah. you conquer the world. Yeah. You conquer that workout, well, well, naps that too, test, yeah. whatever. When they talk about naps too, like the different duration of naps is there's like, uh, it depends on what you're trying to accomplish from the nap. And so like a 15, 20 minute nap is, is really more meant for like, um, you know, you know, creativity and, you know, just general alertness. It's not necessarily restorative in nature. It's very, it's short. And like that is perfectly timing of when that caffeine hits your bloodstream after, uh, uh or, you know, after you've chugged it mm-hmm. so you know that timing the nappuccino is a real thing mm-hmm. and man yeah. i have that has saved me oh yeah plenty of times. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. yeah and, and naps are good i mean i think the thing about that is if if you need a nap take a nap on mm-hmm. air on the side of making it short 50 20 minutes make sure it's not going to interfere with your sleep at night yeah and you know i think everybody's a little bit different with that especially with kids right you know kids mm-hmm. like sleep to get sleep if the kids don't get the nap during the day they're going to sleep all at night it's such a weird thing that happens but yeah yeah naps are generally a good thing and yeah and just the only way you know is just experiment with it yourself. for sure and if you're going to do a little bit longer nap i think that that general 90 minute interval is a is a you know a decent rule of thumb to get through kind of that full sleep cycle to get back through i think there's in general 90 minutes it's not perfect for everybody but um, if you're going to go a little bit longer but like you mentioned you don't want to have that nap from like you know, 5.30 to, to 7 and then expect to be asleep again at 9, that might be a tough turnaround. Right. Um, but I have no problem with naps. I think uh, in general, ideally, we're, we're probably right now, we're, we're going to get more sleep during the night. But, mm-hmm. you know, historically, like, again, if you want to think way back to our ancestor type time, it was that you, you only slept maybe four or five time hours at a time, but you slept multiple bouts so right. you ended up getting a massive amount of sleep but it was just broken up a little bit more mm-hmm. um you know our our day now in 21st century 20 what are you, 21st yeah 21st century right? yeah mm-hmm. math math is hard um <laughs> the 2021 threw me off there for a second yeah um it, the it, you know it doesn't necessarily allow for that kind of thing so ideally we're getting up at night but man if the only way you can swing it is to get a nap in there get a nap it's better mm-hmm. than not getting for sure a nap. for sure Random thought, but I feel like this is this is the first job I've ever had where I didn't have somebody on staff that was a car napper. I feel like yeah. I've, I've always had like is either front desk mm-hmm. staff member or somebody another colleague that, that does the car nap every day. But yeah. they get it. They crush it right now. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. dude, the nappuccino at lunch would be ideal. Oh, like, you can go out to your car, you know, tilt out back that seat a little bit, put on sunglasses, and and chug coffee, lay down. Set an alarm. Boom. Oh, yeah, I always don't do that because the paperwork. If I didn't have paperwork, I know. I would, I would do it every day, every single day. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeez. I think. All right. So the only thing I don't think we talked about were sleep aids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. So um, uh, yeah, that's a big topic. Yeah, sure. and and here's one thing I've been seeing a lot. So. I got off Facebook. I nuked my Facebook a while back. One of the best things I've ever done. Talking about like getting off social media because um, it was just kind of poison. But I remember a while back I would see like. All the moms who peddle Beachbody and and see and not CBD oil, uh, essential oils, 
their advice would be like, hey, you need to you need to give your kids a melatonin gummy, right? If your kids are staying yeah. up, just pop them a gummy. So uh, I don't, you know, I don't know if that's where you should get your parenting no. advice uh, necessarily. But uh, what are your thoughts about that? Anything yeah. that comes off the bat? You know, I I am I am of the belief that I don't want to take you know exogenous uh, you know things that I don't have to. Um, so I'm, I'm melatonin falls in that category. Yes. It's the same thing like testosterone, right? Like there's a time and place potentially to take those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I want to have exhausted lifestyle changes trying to in- increase my endogenous production if possible. So I would say like try these lifestyle things first and mm-hmm. and then talk with your physician about potentially the addition of melatonin. But uh, I would not go – I think too many people go there first because we all want the quick fix. We want the right. magic pill. It's America. Yeah, exactly. I, but I think that should be your last resort in my opinion and it should be something you discuss with your physician and, and do that after. After you've tried all Especially these other things. Especially with your kids. Talk to your oh, pediatrician about your kids. Yeah, I'm not a parent, but that just – that. and again, I, I would say I, I have not done the, the research on a lot of these parenting topics, but yeah. that just doesn't sound right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I think a lot of things – one commonality you'll see with a lot of these sleep aids and and you know you know realistically something over the counter like melatonin and maybe cbd oil is probably not going to be the same thing as an ambient but you got to think that supplement industry we don't know exactly what's in the bottle or in the pill right That's because legally I think cbd might be a great option but do we know right what, i mean i don't know and one commonality with these sleep aids is that it inhibits you from actually getting into your deep restorative sleep where all the good things happen so mm-hmm. it's like you know you know like josh said you want to try to do it the natural way. Do it the lifestyle way first. Really exhaust those options and really actually do them and give them a chance and not just one night. And, you know, if that's not happening, talk to your doc, right? Anything else along those lines? No, I think you're exactly right, man. I think the other things are what I would call the low-hanging fruit. They're also the cheap options, man. Yep. You know, set an alarm on your phone to, to remind you, I should probably try to get off my, my electronics here soon. Setting another alarm to remind you, like, hey, probably should be beginning, you know, your time to get ready for bed. Setting, you know, already having your alarm set for the week of when you're going to wake up each day mm-hmm. and having those set for the entire week. Um, and, and hopefully you get to the point where you're waking up before your alarm just because you're, you're, you've got this routine down, your body's ready and primed to go. Um, you know, changing, you know, they have smart thermostats too. Setting your thermostats mm-hmm. to go down to the right temperature at starting at a certain time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and then raise back up during the day to save you on your uh, energy bill. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, you know, having that, I mean, there's, you can go through and have, you know, all this stuff planned out and set. And they're all just, all it takes is effort. It doesn't take money or, uh, you know, a specific knowledge set more than anything else. It's just, give, you know, trying it. Mm-hmm. And then if you do it and it works for you, that, you know, that's going to be amazing. If it doesn't, then you have those conversations with physicians like, hey, I'm doing X, Y, and Z on all these different things. Am I missing something? What else can I do? And at that point, maybe there's a medication situation going mm-hmm. on. But, um, man, too many people jump to that right yep. away. Yeah, and then it's hard. It's hard to get away from it too. Yeah, Kinda, yeah. You know, develop a little bit of dependency on it pretty yeah, quickly. For sure, for sure. I don't know many people that have gotten on Ambien and gotten off. Right. Yeah. Especially the patients that we see that are on that drug. For sure, man. Um, the only thing we haven't talked about, I just realized we didn't talk about when like training close to sleep too. That can yeah. be that can be tough too on some people. You know, you got to figure out. Like I knew we had seven thirty p.m. classes at, at CCF when mm-hmm. I was coaching there, and I would coach that class, and, and like I can only imagine like. But, you know, hitting Fran and finishing at 8.30 and trying to get into bed at, at you know, 9.30, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I just know I would be too charged up to do that. And so I, I think uh, if it fits in your schedule, obviously, I'd rather you be physically active than not physically active. Mm-hmm. Um, but trying to figure out training 
to, that fits in a, uh, a way that, that is not necessarily too close to your sleep, especially if you're somebody that likes to use stimulants pre-training, mm-hmm. you know, that, that could potentially throw off sleep too. That was something I know we didn't yeah, know. And, and, and then, again, there's always nuance to that, right? If, yeah, yeah. if you're an athlete, you play a sport, you, you do night choice. games. Yeah, exactly. And you, you probably should train your body mm-hmm. to be able to train well, at night that, and adapt to that. You yeah. look at pro baseball guys that, that, that don't – play until seven o'clock most right. nights that you know a lot of them are are go to bed at one or two in the morning wake mm-hmm. up at 10 people and that's just because it's a necessity of their sport right. um uh, and i think there are always nuances for each situation so mm-hmm. your situation and i, and I mask mac match what we've talked about but in general for your average population these principles are are going to fit for the vast majority for sure. of people yep exactly well mm-hmm. This is good. I mean, I feel like the, the information this episode is, is pretty basic, pretty evidence-based. A little bit a little bit anecdotal here, but this is yeah, largely yeah. what you're going to see if you read uh, any, any kind of textbooks, books, research articles, anything like that. So, yeah. as always, hit the like button, subscribe to the fod- podcast, and be sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us reach more people. This is Better Faster Podcast. Sweet dreams. Give me the rage and let me run because I ain't never had too much fun. This episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.